are glad that he is able. I want you to grab your Bibles, turn quickly. You take your time at the altar. There's no rush. There's no rush. We can pray and preach at the same time. Say amen right there. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the New Testament, to the book of Luke, chapter number 10. Luke, chapter number 10. Uh, how many of you, how many of you seen the little, uh, uh, let's see, what would you call it? Little advertisement for the message today on Facebook. Raise your hand if you saw that. Raise your hand real high. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh how many of y'all can relate to what I put on Facebook? Say amen. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't, uh, how many of you, if you didn't see that, uh, how many of you have, has spent time in your life when you felt like, uh, Pardon the saying, but this is what I heard growing up. You felt like you was a chicken running around with your head cut off. Can anybody relate to that in line? Uh, maybe, maybe you can't relate to that. How many of you? How many of you seen uh, uh, seen one of those guys that spins plates? Have you ever seen that? Kind of like at a carnival show or whatever. The guy's got little sticks sticking up on the table, and he'll he'll get a plate spinning, and he'll he'll go to the next one. He'll get another plate spinning, and, and then he'll go to the third one. He'll go, to, but then he's got to run back to that first one and keep it spinning, and then go to the second. In life, like that, we get so many plates spinning in our life, and then we turn around. We got to run back and keep this one going, and keep that going, and keep. And it just seems like, Lord, before long, all the plates are crashing to the ground. Mm-hmm. Are y'all with me this morning? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. But let me, let me do this. Let me do this. Why? All the ladies in the house, all the ladies in the house, don't forget about our ladies' conference coming up, the Refined Silver Conference. Uh, uh, you'll see these. I, I guess they're out at 411. But please sign up for this. It's, it's a free event. It's a free conference. We're going to provide lunch for you and everything, but we need to know how many to provide for, so please sign up. I know nobody likes signing up for anything and, and registering and all that, but please do that uh, so we can know how much food to have and all that kind of thing. Bring somebody with you. Bring, uh, uh, bring some ladies with you. Bring some young ladies with you. We're going to have a time. If we don't do anything, we get free food. I need a witness. All right, so help me with that. Please, please sign up. Uh, it is going to be here before you know it. Look in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38. Now, this is what we got. This is what we got. Uh, I, I, I wanted to deal with this subject because this is, this is one thing that, that I see all over America. I see in churches. I see in Christians. Uh, it, it's, it's like we're just running crazy. Our lives are so chaotic, our lives are so hectic, and, and, and it really shouldn't be that way. We, 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 we've got so many things going on, it's causing problems and stress and that kind of thing. So as I dug into this story, and we kept, I, I just kept studying, putting more stuff and more stuff, I found out I ain't going to do this in 35 minutes, say amen. So it's going to be a few messages. We're going to preach on this for several weeks and, uh, and really get a, get a grasp on the subject here. Uh, so here's the thing. You got to come back. All right. If I start something, how many of y'all going to come back and get the rest of it? Amen. All right. All right. For those that didn't raise your hand, we're letting the air out of your tires right now. Amen. All right. Here we go. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38. Verse 38. Have you found your spot? All right, it says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Talking about Jesus, received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
But Martha was cumbered about much serving, distracted, under, under great burden, the word cumbered is, about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. I need some help. And Jesus answered and said unto Martha, or unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. The word careful there uh, is the same word where we, we were uh, reading about. Be careful for nothing it means to worry. It means to worry. So you're worried and you're distracted and disturbed about what, what kind of things? What kind of things? Many things. Now, how many of y'all can relate to Martha? You're distracted and you're worried about many things, but, oh, I lost some shouters right there. But, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this place. Thank you for a building. Thank you for air conditioning. Lord, thank you for a crowd of people that are here to learn and to grow and study. And Lord, I pray, in spite of me, I pray that you'll show up, Lord. I pray that you will please speak through me. Help me to encourage the folks here today. God, I'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. You may be seated. Now remember, remember what I said. I got a whole lot more stuff than I have time. So we're just going to preach till we run out of time and then we'll take up from that next week. Does that make sense? Say amen. amen. Now, uh, probably, probably the men in the building today, the men in the building today may not be able to get it as good as the women can today. When it comes to Mary and Martha, I, I, just, I just feel that just because of my own experience with my own wife. Uh, uh, when, you have, when you have company over, when you have people over, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about the, the female persuasion, but when you have company over, uh, things get real hectic around the house. I need an amen from the men. You got to fix things. You got to paint things. You got to cut things and, and, and take things out and put things in. And, and I'm like, listen, they're not that important. Oh, but, 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 but ladies, do I have a witness that that's wrong? All right, now imagine this. Imagine this, ladies. Imagine this. Now, I, know, I, I can't prove this, but I have a good sneaky suspicion that this could possibly be the very first time that Mary and Martha and Lazarus meet up with Jesus because they go into great detail saying a certain woman at a certain place. And I, and I think this may have been the very first time that they come together. Now, we know they become great friends, and we know that later on uh, they, are, they are really good friends and Jesus spends a lot of time with them. But this may be the very first time that Jesus comes into uh, Martha's house. Uh, she seems to be the kind of the alpha person of the group. And, and, and now imagine this. This is not your mother-in-law. This is not your boss coming over. This is Jesus Ladies, help me. This is the Son of God. And he's coming to your house. Now, can you imagine how Martha felt? 
Now, this is the man who's healing people. This is the man who's transforming lives. This is the man. He is the rock star of the age. Everybody wants to see Jesus. Everybody wants to be with Jesus. Everybody wants to hang out. And now he's coming to your house. Ladies, can you feel it? And so she receives Jesus in the house. She's running around crazy. I got to do this. I got to do that. I want everything to be perfect. I want the food to be just right. I want the decorations to be just right. Man, this is Jesus and my crazy sister. Ain't even helping me. Now, here's we're, we're going to talk about balance and a balanced life. And the first thing I want to share with you is some, some really... Uh, evidence or symptoms, if you will, or, or things that we see because of an unbalanced life. Uh, and one thing we see is frustration. We see frustration. She is frustrated. Ladies, do you get frustrated when you got a list of things that need to be done and it's not getting done? This is what's going on. Martha sees that this needs to happen and that needs to happen and she's going as fast as she can. She's working as hard as she can and it's just not getting done. And the worst part about it is she feels like she can't get no help getting it done. Well, we could just have a marriage conference right on this one right here, amen? You get frustrated because everything on my list, I'm not getting done what I think needs to get done. And that's frustrating. And I mean, it'll, it'll, cause, it'll cause a real issue in the home. It'll cause a real issue in relationship when you feel like what needs to be done is not getting done. It causes frustration. But not only frustration, then we see an accusation. Then we see an accusation. What does she say? She ain't helping me. She comes to Jesus she comes to Jesus. Now watch this. I know we may not admit to this, and I know we may not think this, but this is what she said. This was her accusation. Jesus, don't you care? How many times in life do we get so overwhelmed with things? We get so overwhelmed with our schedules. We get so overwhelmed with our issues. We get so overwhelmed with the things in our life. And, and, and one, of the, one of the things we do is we think God don't care. Do you remember? Do you remember when the disciples were in the boat? Do you remember when the disciples was in the storm? And they were they were scared to death and they were overwhelmed with their issues and overwhelmed with what was going on around them. The very first thing that they said to Jesus is, Carest thou not that we perish? Now think about this. This is a this is a typical, this is a typical reaction. Now think about what what is what does the devil want you to do? Do you remember when Job you remember when Job was the center of a fight between God and the devil? Job was just a pawn, but the real issue was between God and Satan. Satan was accusing God that he was not worthy of worship, and the only reason Job worshipped him was because he blessed him and because he protected him and that God was not worthy. you got to pay people to worship you. Well, God said, all right, go ahead. Do whatever you want to, but don't take his life. And all hell came against Job. And do you know what? Do you know what Satan was trying to do? He was trying to turn Job against God. 
to the point that he even influenced the one that was closest to Job and she turned around and said, Job, man, why do you retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Now see, this is almost, this is almost sounding scatterbrained, but it's really not. Some of you think you're just too busy because that's the life you live. It is Satan putting so much stuff on you that when you become overwhelmed with life, ultimately, you're not just going to blame your husband. You're not just going to blame your wife. You're not going to just blame your job. You're going to say, God, don't you care? Don't you care I can't keep up with this stuff? Don't you care about what all I'm going through? Don't you care about what? Now, see, we're going to be quiet right now because we don't want to admit to this. Well, I'm just going ahead and say there's been times that I thought God didn't care about me because I was so overwhelmed with my life. Her accusation, carest thou not? Don't you care? I've been working. I'm serving. Man, I'm, I'm doing all of this stuff. Now, watch this. Watch this. Not only, not only an accusation, not only frustration, but I want you to see her expectation. What did she say? Make her help me. Would you tell her to get up off? Do I need to start speaking the language y'all use? Help me. Come on. Here I am. I'm killing myself to take care around this house and nobody get up around here and help me. Bless God, at least pick your socks up. At least take your clothes to the dirty clothes hamper. Ain't but five feet away. Can't you hit the hamper? I'm trying and I'm trying to keep this bathroom clean and your aim would greatly help in this matter. Come on now. See, I finally talked y'all language right there. Amen. Ladies, do I have a witness? Watch this. Watch this. When you get unbalanced in life, you expect everybody to think and act just like you. She says, make her do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's quiet now, isn't it? You know, it, it, is, it is a paradox of life that all of us men can't figure out why she don't think like us. And all the ladies can't figure out why he don't think like us. Hello. Why can't he see this is important? Why can't he see? Why, why, why? That's what she's doing. And it's so funny that in life when we get in balance and we, 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 get, we get things out of order, we want God to make everybody be just like us. Even the person that's enjoying his life, even the person that is doing what it's supposed to be doing, we want them to be crazy like us. Make her help me. Make her, make her think what's important like I, I think what's important. Make her, make her do what I'm doing. Are y'all with me? Now watch. There's some things we've got to learn from this. This is amazing. And like, now remember, this may be, this may be the first time that Jesus and Martha and Mary and them get together. So this is, this is the first experience, and, and, and Jesus, in a calm manner, 
I believe, I believe, now I may be wrong, but I believe uh, Martha's voice was a little elevated. How many of y'all, how many of y'all ladies in here have a volume control problem when you get frustrated? I know you men do, that's why I'm not even going to ask them, amen. So I, I can imagine, I can imagine Martha's voice was kind of elevated, make her help me. And I, and I believe Jesus was just like this, Martha. Martha. So how do you know that? Because the Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. I believe he kept things on a calm, even keel and, and, and said, look, Martha, you are cumbered about how many things? Many things. Now, now ladies, let's be honest. <clears throat> Having the meal just right, is that, is that important? It is. Having everything, having everything decorated right, is that important? Come on, come on. Yes. You see, all the stuff that she was busy with was not bad stuff. Do you realize that sometimes good things can get you frustrated? So we, we have this idea, we have this idea that in the Christian life that, that it, it only gets bad when you, when you get out and you rape and you pillage and you, and you steal and you destroy and kill. And No. Do you understand that you can get in a bad place in your life by doing a bunch of good stuff? He didn't say, he didn't say the problem was the stuff you were doing. He didn't say that you were sinning. He didn't say that you were, you were committing all kind of wrong things. He just said you were focused on the wrong things. Even though they were good, even though they were important, even though they were, he said there was one thing, one thing that was necessary. I had people commenting, I had people commenting and, 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 and sending me messages and stuff about this. Oh, I need this. I need this. And, 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 I, and you know what I'm afraid? I'm afraid that, that a lot of people may think that, okay, preacher's going to teach us how to get 48 hours stuff done in 24 hours. And that's really not what it's about. Do you know why God gave us 24 hours in a day? Because that's all we needed. How many of y'all know that what God does, he does right the first time? So what is the problem? What is the problem? There are several things that we need to do. Really, I had, I had a three-point outline, uh, and, 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 and I know we're not going to get all three of them, so let's take one of them. Let's take one of them. What are we going to do? How do we get things back in order? How do we balance our life to the point that we're not frustrated all the time, that we're not, we're not at a place in our life that we think God doesn't like us because we are so overwhelmed with life? How, how do we get back into a place where we're, we're not making everybody miserable around us? How do we do that? There's three things I want you to write down, and we're going to tackle the first one today, as much as we can get out of it anyway. First, you have to, you have to understand and know, discover, whatever, whatever you want to word there, you must discover your purpose. You must discover your purpose. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, 
uh, are not a mechanic in here? Raise your hand. You're not a mechanic. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Come on. Let's don't be ashamed. You're not a mechanic. How many of y'all who are not a mechanic have tried to mechanic? Raise your hand. How many of you said a bad word in the midst of it? Say, come on. All right. You know why? That's not your purpose. I, I, was, I, was, I was in the kitchen this week, and they was, they was fixing some food for a bunch of little people. And, uh, and, and, and little people got a lot of energy that I had forgotten that they have. Say amen. And they are like running around everywhere. And, and in the kitchen, in the kitchen, they are running around everywhere too. And they're trying to get this and got to put the milk over here and got to get the little apple on this thing and, and, and put the applesauce over here and just get. And, and I'm, I'm like right in the middle of it trying to do this and that. And I, I just say, oh, I got to go. That's what I, I literally, that's exactly what happened. I, oh, I said, I've got to get out of here, and I got to, I got the wife eye roll. <laughs> they all about it. They wasn't sweating a bit. They was not, but buddy, I'm telling you what, if I'd have stayed in that room, somebody had to give me a volume. Say amen. <laughs> that wasn't my purpose. God never purposed me to do that stuff right there. Are y'all with me? I tell you what we got to do. We've got to discover our purpose. And it may not be what you think. Number two, we have to define our priorities. Now, just write these down. We'll, we'll cover these in the weeks to come. We've got to define our priorities. Because there are some things that's more important than others. And, and a lot of times we get wigged out in life because our priorities are not in order. So we must discover our purpose. We must define our priorities. And then we've got to make a plan. We've got, to, we've got to make a plan. Have you ever heard the phrase, most people don't plan to fail, they just fail to plan? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now let's do this this morning. Let's, 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 focus, let's focus on determining our purpose, discovering our purpose. And, and, and usually, usually when we say that, most people will say, okay, am I supposed to be a plumber? Am I supposed to be a doctor? Am I supposed to be a teacher? Am I supposed to be a preacher? Really, that's irrelevant at the, at the point. Because all that is secondary. All that is secondary. Do you realize, regardless of whether you're a plumber, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a missionary, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a grass cutter, whether you're a chicken farmer, whether you're a, 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 a cattle farmer, uh, whether you're a whatever it may be, you still have an ultimate purpose in life that is the same. It is the same. Most people think that their purpose in life is to make a bunch of money. A lot of people think their purpose in life is find their true love. And they find out after the fourth one, that's just not the purpose. Say amen. <laughs> it's amazing to me what I see on Facebook. I'm just telling y'all what. I'm... Anyway. Some people think that, that they're, they're even, let's, let's get spiritual. Some preachers think that it's their purpose to build a big church. And they get wigged out when it don't happen. Are y'all with me? What is our purpose? Why are we here? Do you realize that they are selling books by the thousands in bookstores? By the title, Our Purpose for Living, The Purpose of Life. Why are we here? You know why? Because people want to know this stuff. People are curious about this. People want to know, what are we here for? Why are we on this planet? Well, there's really two things. 
two things, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into detail. The first purpose that you have in life, the ultimate purpose you have in life, is to know God. Say that with me. It's to... Say it again. It is to... Now, the second purpose, which it, it needs to go together. I want to say this in a way that they are, they're equally important. They go together, all right, so that, so that we have this. It's not one and two. It's not, it, these two are together. But I'm going to talk about them separately. Your purpose in life is to know the God who made you. Your purpose in life is to glorify the God who made you. It's not only to know God, but it's to glorify God. Are y'all with me? God wants you to know Him. God wants you to know Him. Say, preacher, what are you talking about? There are many people in this room right here, you know about God, but you don't know God. You, you are like Samuel. You are like Samuel who grew up in the temple. Y'all remember Samuel, the prophet Samuel, when his mother who was barren, God, she said, Lord, if you'll just give me a son, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you. And, and, you know, and that's exactly what she did. I mean, when she weaned him, she dropped him off at church. Now, I've heard of giving them back to God, but that's ridiculous. Amen. I mean, she literally took him to the temple and said, here you are, God. And he grew up in the temple. The high priest became his guardian. She literally gave him back to God. So Samuel, every day of his life from the time he was weaned, was in the temple around the things of God. He was trained in the, in the worship of God. He was working for God. Are y'all with me? And then there came a day in his life where he's asleep and God says, Samuel! And Samuel jumps up and he runs to Eli and he says, here I am, what do you need? He said, boy, I didn't call you, go back to bed. He goes back to bed, goes back to sleep, and God says, Samuel! He gets back up and goes to Eli. He said, what do you need? He said, I don't need nothing, go back to bed. About that third time, Samuel, he gets up and Eli, Eli says, whoop! Hey, it's the Lord calling you. And this is what your Bible says. This is what your Bible says. It says, for Samuel did not yet know the Lord. K-N-O-W. Preacher, what are you talking about? He was working for God. That's exactly what I'm saying. I grew up a preacher's kid all my life. I could, and this may not be a stretch of the imagination, I could probably quote more scripture before I got saved than now. I grew up in Christian school, had to memorize verses, I mean just like crazy. You could ask me anything you want to know about God, and I could probably tell you. But I did not know him till he came that day and said, I am your God. I am your Savior. I am your best friend. You are a sinner, and I am a Savior, and I want to come in and forgive you. And at that moment, I asked Jesus into my heart. I met the best friend I ever had. And God wants you to know him. God wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. God, listen, write these things down. Write these things down. This is really important. How bad does God want you to know him? Well, he wants to, you to know him bad enough that he sent 
his scriptures. He sent his son. Well, let's do son first. Let's do it. I had it in that order. Uh, He sent his son so you could know him. How could a God in heaven, uh, listen, uh, equate or, or associate with human beings here on this earth? What did he do? He sent his son in human form so we could know God. Let me, let me give you a verse. Watch this right here. Watch this right here. John 14, verse 8. Philip, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, yet thou hast not known me, Philip? Watch this. Read it with me. Read it with me. He that hath seen me hath seen who? The Father. John 12. John 12, verse 44. And Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. Watch this. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. You know what? And, and also, also it says this in the New Testament, that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. In other words, Jesus was God on earth so that man could know God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. God wants you to know him so bad. He sent his son so you could know him. He sent his scriptures. Write that down. He sent his scriptures so you could know him. How do we know about him? The Bible says so. How do we know that Jesus loves me? This I know for the Bible tells me so. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for they testify of me. You want to know what God thinks? Read your Bible. You know what what God loves? Read your Bible. You want to know what God hates? Read your Bible. You want to know God? Read your Bible. Listen, we've got Christians all over America that are so ignorant when it comes to the presence of God and it comes to the knowledge of God because they refuse to read their Bible and study their Bible. That Bible is not just there for a crutch when you get in trouble. It's not just there as a spare tire when you have a flat. That Bible is God's love letter to you. He wants you to know Him personally. He sent His Scripture so you could know Him. He sent His servants so you could know Him. John says in 1 John chapter 1, uh, these things we write unto you because we have fellowship with God and the Father and we want you to have fellowship with us. We want you to know that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. We have fellowship with the Father. And he says, and basically what he's saying, God wants you to know Him. God sent me here to tell you that Jesus loves you. Isn't it amazing that God could take a Florida cracker from down in South Florida all the way to the state of Alabama, plant him on the corner of Campground Road and 157 and put him there for the sole purpose of letting all of Coleman know that there is a God, that God loves you, and God will forgive you and save you. I need a witness right there. Why are missionaries going to Africa? Because God wants Africa to know him. Why are missionaries going to Germany? Because God wants Germany to know him. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? God wants you to know him. And not just a surface knowledge. God wants you to know him intimately. God wants you to know how much he loves you and cares for you. And it is our purpose. You say, what does this have to do with my busy schedule? Because everything is going haywire in your life because you got things out of order. 
And when you are trying to accomplish something that is not the main purpose, everything else will be chaotic. Let me illustrate it this way. I've, I've got a friend of mine. <clears throat> I've got a friend of mine that's in the building business. And when they come to a job site, this is what he told me. When they come to a job site, they will always check, check the foundation and the block foundation and make sure it's square. I said, what for? He said, because if it's out of square at the foundation, it'll be way out at the top. And he said, we won't even start it. If it's out of square, they have to redo it and start all over. Because when you start out wrong, you all, you'll never end up right if you start wrong. And a lot of us are trying to start our day wrong, trying to start our schedules wrong, trying to start our life wrong, and get everything in life we think needs to get done and leave out the, help me, leave out the. And you know what? Some people never get it. Do you know Martha, I don't think, ever got it? Because the next time we see Martha is when Lazarus died. And when Lazarus died, Jesus comes into town, and she gets right up in Jesus' face. Where have you been? If thou had been here, my brother had not died. And you know what she gets? A lecture. Well, I, listen, everything's going to be all right. Well, I know everything's going to be all right in the resurrection. Honey, that's what I'm trying to teach you. I am the resurrection. She kind of gets chewed out by Jesus. But Mary comes and almost says the same thing. But I believe in a different tone, in a different way. And when Mary says, oh, if you'd have just been here. You know what Jesus said? Take me to him. See, there's a difference in that. And then you see him again. Then you see him again. When, you remember when Mary anoints him for his burial? Y'all remember that? Come on, get with me. Do you know what the Bible says about Martha? And Martha served. You know what I think? She never got it. She never got it. Every time you see Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. She's at the feet of Jesus, listen, hearing his word. She's at the feet of Jesus in woe, in a, in a place of, 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 of a wounded spirit because her brother had died. And then she's at the feet of Jesus in a place of worship where she's anointing him. Preacher, what are you saying? She got the main thing, the main thing. She got the main thing, the main thing. And see, the, the, the answer to our, our dilemma, the answer to our issue, the answer to our frustration, the answer to all of our aggravation is get the first thing right. How is that going to help me? Listen. <laughs> How many of you know that if God can stop the sun, he can stop time so that the battle could be won he can give you the strength and the energy and the ability to get the 27 things on your list done with time to spare but you know what we do we are so focused on our list we are so focused on our schedule. We are so focused on our appointments. We are so focused on the things we feel like has to be done. And we forget Jesus and we try to squeeze him in. You know what we're going to learn in this series? Here's what we're doing. We, we prioritize things. Okay, here's ball practice. Here's grocery shopping. 
uh, here's uh, 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 to-do list bills that I got to get done, and then here's this, and and then here's this service, and I got to uh, I got here, and then and then and if we have time, we're gonna we're gonna squeeze God in here somewhere. Hello, getting quiet. And you know what God? You know what God becomes? Just another appointment. Do you know what? God doesn't share time with nothing. God is a jealous God. You don't put him on the same plane with everything else. Hello? Y'all with me? You know what it should? It should never look like this. It should look like a bicycle wheel with Jesus as the hub. And Jesus is first. And then comes this appointment. And that issue, and that schedule, and that. Are y'all with me? Watch, watch. Our purpose, let's get back to this. See, see I'm running rabbits. Got a lot I want to talk about. Our purpose is to know him. When we get that down, our purpose is to glorify him. Our purpose is to glorify him. How do we glorify What does it mean to glorify him? Sometimes, you know, we use spiritual terms, and, and, and a lot of people don't get it. What does that mean to glorify him? It basically means to make him look good. When, when, my, wife, when my wife brags on me in public, when she brags on me in public, she's glorifying me. She's making me look good in the face of others. Ladies, that's why you should never criticize your husband in public. Amen. Never do it. And, and, and men, never belittle your wife in public either. You should always lift him up. But my point is, God put you here on this earth. Now, now get this, because this is, this is the deal. God put you here on this earth to make him look good. That is your ultimate purpose. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a grass cutter, whether you're a plumber, a builder, uh, no matter what you are or what you do, your ultimate purpose is to make God look good. How'd you do this week? So how do we make God look good? Well, we make God look good, we glorify God in our daily task. And how we accomplish our daily task. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me I can glorify God cutting the grass? Yep. Well, how do I do that? Do it good. Cut it right. Do a good job. And smile while you're doing it. Y'all quiet today. I must be right in your parking lot right now. Amen. Let me ask you a question. In your daily task, whatever you do when you go to work, are you a grump? Do you, do you whine all the time? You complain about everybody and everything all the time? Do you whine about your boss? Do you whine about your job? Do you, guess what? You ain't making God look good. You got any Bible for that? Yeah, boy. Do you know the Bible says whatever you do, do it unto the Lord? That you really, your, your employer is not the one that signs the check. Your employer is the Lord. 
So no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you're working for the Lord. You say, that's terrible. No, 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 that's good. Because no matter what your human boss thinks, God can give you a raise at any time. You're serving the Lord. So when you go to work and you badmouth everything and everybody and what you got going on, you're making God look good because he gave you the job. Preach it, Bishop, preach it right there. Hang on. You don't make God look good when you, you act bad at work. Do a good job. Well, they didn't tip. God's hand's bigger than theirs. You still do a good job, and God will take care of you. Well, you, I work around people. So do I. Sometimes I want to be a vet. Say amen. Then the donkeys I work with won't talk back. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I didn't have my medicine this morning. I, that did not make God look good right there. I'm just going to tell you right. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? When you go to work, smile. It's amazing to me that we're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be the ones that's got everything going for us. And a lot of times, Christians are like the most unhappy people in the world. I've seen some, and they really think they're holy because they're against everything. But they look the most unhappy people. I said, dear God, if you got it, I don't want it. Amen. We can glorify God in our daily tasks. Not only that, how, do, how else do we glorify God? <clears throat> this, is, this is really, really good. And this is really important. How we respond to trouble. How we respond to trouble is how we glorify God. Preacher, what are you saying? Let me give you a story. How many of y'all remember the story of the three Hebrew children? The three Hebrew children who were commanded to, to bow down and worship a false idol, a false god. And when they were commanded to bow down to this false idol, they said, uh-uh. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. They said, you're going to do it or we're going to throw you in this fiery furnace and we're going to heat it up and I'm telling you, it's going to be bad. They said, king, you can do what you want to. And I love their terminology. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You know what that means in Alabama? Hey, we ain't going to beat around the bush. We're going to tell you like it is, brother. We are not bound down. You can heat it up. You can, you can scream. You can holler. You can do whatever you want. Our God is able. Amen. Our God is able to deliver us out of this fiery furnace. But if not, we still ain't bound. And they threw him in. And matter of fact, the furnace was so hot, it burned up the two guys that threw him in. But the king decided to check out his handiwork. And he went and looked in the furnace and looked over in there. He said, uh-oh. He said, how many did we throw in there? Three, old king. He said, well, we got problems. Because I'm not real good at math. But there's four of them walking around there. Now watch this. Let me read it. This is so good. This is so good. Watch this right here in Daniel chapter 3. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. It means he was astonished. He rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did, we, did, did, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of fire? They answered and said unto him, True, O king. And he said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Say amen. Then, amen. Then, then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then, now remember, they were thrown in tied up. And the only thing that burned on them was the ropes that had them. Say amen. Isn't that just like our God? They came forth. Now watch. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then spake uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. You say, what does that have to do with the point? How do you act when trouble comes? What do the people around you see when the fire's turned up? When things don't go right in your life? When that person cuts you off in traffic? Hello? How do you respond when trouble comes? Listen, I promise you this. I promise everybody this. The people around you are watching you. They're watching you at work, and when you claim to be a Christian, they don't care about what you do when things are going right. They want to see how you act when things go wrong. They want to see how you respond when all hell breaks loose in your life. They want to see what, 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 what your response is when the doctor comes and says, I'm sorry. After we have been preaching grace and mercy, after we have been saying God can, do you live it when it looks like he can't? Do you make God look good when trouble comes? Whether you're a doctor, lawyer, grass cutter, musician, that's your purpose. To glorify God. Listen, by the task we accomplish, by the trouble that we face, not only that, and I'll just say this, we're going to pray, by the testimony you share. By the testimony you share. I, I put this down, I don't, I don't think I put it in the notes, but uh, the day that, that Paul answered the king Agrippa, he gave his testimony. And he started it like this. I think myself happy. I am so glad I have this opportunity to tell you what God has done for me. And by the way, guys, by the way, by the way, he was, in, he's, he was incarcerated. So before you think everything's got to go right in your life before you can give a good testimony, think again. 
Because your testimony means more when it costs more. Church, say amen. Now watch. Look at me for a minute. Put your pens down and your papers down. And look at me a minute. Look, look at me a minute. Here's, here's what I want you to do. For the next two or three weeks, we're going to help each other. I got this issue too. I got this issue too. We're going to help each other move our focus from many things. Y'all with me? Say that with me. We're going to move our focus from to. Well, I, I need you to help me get all my stuff done. No problem. If I can help you get the one thing right, God will take care of the many things. Stand up. Let's, let's, let's pray. I'm going to preach some more. Amen. Listen, I, I want every head bowed for just a minute. I want every head bowed. And if you're being baptized, if you're being baptized this morning, if you'll come and, and just come to my left-hand side over here, there'll be somebody there to assist you. The men and ladies, there, uh, ladies on, on the right side and men on the left side, I think, or vice versa, they'll help you with that. Uh, uh, Miss Shane and uh, Mr. Shane and Miss Tracy will help you with that. Just direct them where they need to be. Just come on now. Come on now. If you're being baptized today, uh, come on now and come to my left, and they'll help you. Everybody else, uh, just heads bowed and eyes closed just for a minute. Here's the invitation. I need you to be real honest for just a second. I need you to be real honest for just a second. How many of y'all would be honest with me and say right now at the time being, we can relate more to Martha then we can marry. I want you to put your hand up real high. Help me there. Help me there. Yeah, me too. Me too. Here's what I want to do. I want all those that will find just a place in this altar and say, Preacher or, 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 or Lord, help me get that one thing right. This is going to be two or three weeks in the making, but we need to start it right. Come on now. Find a place in this altar and say, Lord, help me get that one thing right. Help me get that one thing right. I know how I am. I know how busy I get. I know how frustrated things have been lately. Help me get that one thing right. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Come on, come on, come on. All over the building. All over the building. Let's ask God to help us. Let's ask God to help us right here. Lord, I come to you in great need. I come to you desperately needing to get this one thing right. God, we're cumbered about with many things. We're cumbered about with many schedules. We're cumbered about with many areas of responsibility that's just draining us. And Lord, it's, it's, it's probably because we haven't got that one thing right. Lord, we haven't put you first. We haven't made you the priority. God, I pray, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to focus on you. Lord, in these next three weeks, I pray that you'll help us to grow, help us to learn, help us to move our focus from our problems to our Savior. Help us to prioritize our lives in such a way that you always come first. You are always number one. You are always the priority in our life. I pray that your perfect, perfect will be done through this series. God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you. I'll glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.